What's up and welcome to Shop Sounds, a woodworking podcast about nothing. With myself, Nick Key of Key Woodworks, Jason Hibbs of Bourbon Moth, and Keith Johnson, better known as KJ Sawdust. All three of us are on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. All right, folks, this episode is yet again sponsored by our Pacific Northwest Brethren. Brethren or Brethren? Yeah, let's go with Brethren. At Bits and Bits, in case you haven't committed this to memory yet like I haven't, Bits and Bits takes the great quality of white side router bits and CNC bits, which are made right here behind these fenceless borders, and slow roasts said bits in their own special astro coating to make them that much better. And this deeply mystical astro coating not only tastes great with your choice of sourdough, wheat, rye, or white, but it also allows for higher speeds and feed rates and extends the life of the bit by up to three times. And not only does Bits and Bits make white side bits, even bits here, they also make their very own CNC bits. Because why pay someone else to do something when you can just do it yourself? Am I right? <laughs> their own CNC bits. <laughs> and those CNC bits for metal, wood, plastics, foam include one eighth, one quarter, and one half inch shankaroonies for those big boy cuts. And in case you missed the news flash on the last podcast, Bits and Bits, Bits and Bits is also a fully lined Vestool dealer. Pretty much everything is back ordered until June, but don't let that stop you from placing your order and securing your spot in the line at the deli. And they do still have plenty of Festool accessories, sandpaper clamps, the domino, you know, not the machine dominoes, but the actual wooden dominoes. Oh yeah. Jigsaw blades. All that. So go check out all their offerings at bitsbits.com. I don't think you'll be disappointed. I know I wasn't. No. Bits and Bits has everything you need from quarter inch shank chamfer bits to half inch shank compression, flush cut bits that Jason needed today. And if you go to bitsbits.com and use coupon code MORSELS15, M O R S E L S 15, you can save 15% off your next order of router or CNC bits. Deep breath. Whoa. Wow. I'm going to need a seltzer after that one. Can't believe you did that all in one breath. I've been training, <laughs> actually. My Olympic breath work is paying off. You know, I don't know why, but I just started cracking up when you said behind these fenceless borders. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was Trying to keep it topical. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> but then you mentioned the Festool being out of stock. And it made me think, has anybody else found it annoying in doing YouTube videos and trying to link products that you're using on the YouTube videos to Amazon affiliate links because all mm -hmm. the Festool stuff is out of stock? You can't right. find half the stuff on Amazon to link. Yeah, that's right. true. So it's annoying. Well, that's why I don't link any Festool stuff on my videos. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I do just to make people mad more than anything else. But <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it was a hot topic. Yeah. Yeah. I only link Amazon Amish hardwood. Right. <laughs> I really want to do a video where I literally just use Festool. Only Festool? Like I, like I want to do like a project where you have to use both size domino joiners. Like you can't do it without, with like just mm -hmm. one. You have to use both. You have to them. use the 500 mm -hmm. and the XL? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you have to do it all out of just dominoes. Like no other wood. Oh, yeah. So I buy like $4,000 worth of dominoes to build a I actually stool. bought, I, I never did it before, but I, I bought a giant box of the long dominoes. They're like four feet long. So I oh, can cut yeah, my you own. cut them your own? I, I did the math on it and it saves you like 80 bucks. $80? $80. Wow. If my if my abacus is correct. <laughs> your slide it's rule? Not, it's not... <laughs> It's not as up to date as it needs to be calibrated, probably. Well, but a lot I'm of guys that sure. just make their own. Yeah, but you can. Yeah, sure. I'm not going to say you don't. But yeah, I just I like the the festival ones because they're that compressed beach, you know, that yeah. expand whatever, rather than uh, just. But I think if you're doing a piece of furniture where you want exposed dominoes and you want custom, yeah, 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 they look nice. Hmm. But I mean, if you weren't picky on your dominoes, if you were like today. I'm going to spend the entire day making like rods of dominoes. Mm -hmm. And that's all you did the whole day. 
you would have enough dominoes for the next 10 years. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> He's I mean, already if you just calculated like, this. If you just committed and were like, that's all I'm going to do, and just stockpile, I mean, you'd be set for, I mean, it doesn't take do every, that long to make them. Well, you got to do just, every size. You got to do the 8, 10, 6, 4, 5. Oh, you, you use need more a lot than of, one size. Yeah, all the little bitty yes. guys. Yeah, oh, I only I got the 500. By, so. I use the 8 by 50 for everything. Pretty much, but right. I do like the 6s <laughs> and, and the 5s. No, if I'm doing like a big table apron or something, I'll go up to the, what is it, the 10 or 12 sometimes, but it just all depends. Yeah. Yeah, the 10s and the 8s are uh, pretty much my go-to, too. Go-to, too? Go-to, too? Go-to, too. Hey, you know what? I was driving in the country the other day. I had to drive out to look at a table that I built a while ago, and they got a big scratch in it. Not my fault, but they wanted to see about repairing it. Anyways, I'm driving in the country alone. It's a nice sunny day. And as I often do when I drive alone, I was thinking about you, Keith. Yes. <laughs> and, you should have just called me. I'm available. Well, I was just thinking about you and what a great woodwork you are and how detailed you are. And then all of a sudden it hit me. If anybody, if I was to like guess anybody without knowing them that was like all about using the metric system, I would think that would be you, but sh- it's not. I, I'm it's being not? pressured. I'm not going to lie. I've, Wait, you I'm being d- pressured you, to switch metric. You don't use the metric system? No, I'm imperial, baby. I'm oh, American. Oh, yeah. I thought you did I know, use. but doesn't he, doesn't he seem like the kind of person that would be all yeah, about metric? Yeah, that blows my mind. I thought you were all about the metric system for some reason. No? No, I just can't wrap no. my head around. Uh, no, you know, I was driving around, and I was like, whoa, mind blown. It just seems like <laughs> he should be a metric guy. I thought you were all about the centimeters. <laughs> I prefer millimeters. Mm. <laughs> I have like two millimeter rulers just for Festool because that effing domino screwed me again last weekend. I read the scale <laughs> I wrong. I thought it was 16, but it was, uh, I don't even know what it was instead. And my domino was completely off center. So then I had to make the mating piece off center and do the calculations to make it off center on that piece because it was narrower. I was doing a three quarter inch piece into an inch piece. So it threw me off, but So you don't yeah, you I, don't have the Seneca woodworking no. Imperial uh conversion things for the five hundred of them? No. Because they make that little tab that you can replace the the metric for Imperial. You mean for going up and down? Yeah. Or just the slide thing on the slide thing on the side. The slide the step gauge. The slide for your depth, I think. Well, no, for it's for I, the fence. It's for the fence. Oh, I didn't know they made those. I have one for the I had one for my old Festool uh, track saw. Yeah, yeah. But you know. But I didn't know there was one for the domino. I just so have that new step I'm guide. I'm confused. What's messing you up on the domino joiner that's imperial versus metric? I just read the scale wrong. In, well, I, thought like, was, I needed to be 16 millimeters, and instead I read it as, I don't remember. 16 oh, feet. So I never even used, you're talking about a little like stair step down thing? Not that. The actual scale, the vertical up and down, when you move that fence up and down, which gives you your uh, distance from see, the I fence. I never, to... ever use that, so. <laughs> oh. Well, I always just use either a setup block. Or the side, yeah, to like yeah. line it up. Or I don't know. If it's something that's gotta be like exact, I'll like clamp a you know, a block onto the piece of wood if I'm like plunging down that I can reference off of or whatever. Mm. Um interesting. Well it's like I had a guy I... Well, I had a guy send me a DM the other day and he was like, Hey, I'm setting up a new wood shop. And I've been hearing from a lot of professional woodworkers that I should buy all metric-like equipment because if I don't, I'll regret it later and I'm going to want to switch. And they were asking, like, have you ever, like, found it hard being a woodworker and not doing metric? Like, can you not use some things? I have never once in my entire life been like, <laughs> man, I wish I used metric stuff. This is never. a real pain. It's never, ever been a problem. No. No. Because we've grown up with it. I mean, it's Imperials just like, 
speaking English. Right. None of my tools. I didn't. I mean, none of them are metric. I don't. I don't get it. I guess the domino joiner is, but I don't even know because yeah. I don't even read that little thing. So. I, <laughs> well, the reason I needed it, all right, because the a three quarter inch piece is what? Let's just say it's twenty millimeters, and I was joining it to a piece that was an inch. So let's say that's twenty two millimeters. So on the twenty millimeter piece. You got to be 10 inches or 10 millimeters to be right in the center. And the other one, you have to be 11 millimeters to be right, right in the center. So you need to use that guide, that gauge to tell you the distance to the center in order to make those things line up perfectly in the center. Right, right. If that makes sense. Er. And that's why I only use the same thickness stock. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. Right. Yep. I screw myself. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Well, anyway. Well, interesting. Well, before we get too much farther, we do need to talk about a few new patrons that we got here. If you are not a member of our Patreon, basically that gives you access to our after show as well as some other stuff, stickers, t-shirts. You can talk on our little Patreon page. And we got a few new ones here today. We've got Ben Price, Justin Fuller, Corey Miller, Warren Gavin, Josh Olson, Ray Roteno. Is that right? Cool. Rati. Yeah. I just assume I'm going to mess up one of these. Roteno. Oh, man. What's this next one? It's just one Bal- one, one word. Baldemar? Yeah. Voldemort? Okay. Baldemar. Not, not Voldemort. Oh. oh. Yeah, don't worry. I was like that'd be a big, that'd be a big get. Yeah, don't I say just got, I just got, he shield saying that name. Named. No, not Voldemort, Baltimore. <laughs> All right, and then we got two new top tier. We got Aaron Maccabee at Maccabee Designs and Jamie Ramirez at Whiskey Fuego. Ooh, I like yeah, that. Yeah, that's a cool name. Whiskey Fuego. Whiskey Fuego. Oh, that sounds see. dangerous. Yeah, isn't whiskey isn't whiskey flammable? Very. Mi cabeza es whiskey fuego. Whiskey fuego. <laughs> oh yeah, muy jalapeno. Whiskey fuego. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, a huge thank you to all of our new patrons, and then you guys. It has been insane. We have gotten so many new top tier patrons that we've had to decide like how in the world can we keep sneaking you guys into an episode. Because it used to be tradition that if you were a top-tier patron, we would randomly sneak you in here or there throughout the episode. You guys are so awesome, and there's so many of you that it's just become almost impossible to fit all of you in the episode without it just being that. So what we've decided to do is to stop doing that every episode, and now every third or fourth episode, we are going to have a special little, little story that that really happened, a truthful story that really happened in my life involving all the top-tier patrons. 100% mm. truthful. 100%. Uh-huh. Just like that one time I went to that whiskey bar. But we'll do that every third or fourth episode, so you'll still be read in an episode. We just can't fit you in randomly. It's gotten too crazy. Cause, be, only because of your amazing support. But, right. And we're very right. appreciative. It's a good problem to have. So that's kind of the, the new plan so stay tuned for that. Yes. All right. I will. I think that's it. Is that does that what's it? next? That takes care of business. That's a wrap. All right. Well, ooh, I got something to talk about. Or did you ooh. have something to talk about, Nick? I don't want to. No, no, no. What? Oh, yeah. What? What Nick? you got? Okay, I got a question for you guys. Well, I got a couple questions. So, I had to come up with a video today. I did not plan on coming up with a video. I launched another video from last week. It was the Subaru conversion. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw it on my Instagram. I yeah. kind of did a camping conversion in my friend's car. Oh, I saw it. That that video dropped today. <laughs> and then I'm leaving to go to California to see a buddy of mine next Thursday. And I thought I was going to have up until Thursday to get this video done. But I got an email today from um, my agency and they're like, hey, you're going to have that video ready for approval on Monday, right? From the ad sponsor or whatever. So then I'm like, oh, crap. I got to come up with a video today. So I went out to the shop. My wife's been asking me to build like this little bench to go along a wall in our house. So I was like, okay, a bench. That's pretty simple. I should be able to do that pretty fast. 
I had no design in my head whatsoever. I just kind of started building. So here's my questions. My first question is, a bench made of only three parts. It's got the top and it's got two legs coming down on either side that are basically just skinnier than the width of the top, just two straight boards coming down. Okay. They have through tenons that go all the way through the top and they're going to be seated with a wedge and glued in place to the top. Mm, cool. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you think that is going to be supported enough as a bench without any cross brace or anything like that? How wide? Uh, are the, are the, uh, are the, the benches, legs angled too? They're not angled. They come straight down. Mm -hmm. And the bench is 65 inches wide. Holy crap. Ooh. But the legs you mean are... Six, you mean 65 inches long. Sorry, sorry. 65 inches long. Right. Oh, right. <laughs> you can lay... That's called a bed, Jason. Yeah, that's Remember, it's for bed. my wife. That would be okay. a California oh, yeah. king. <laughs> um, no, it's 65 inches long. It is like 10 and a half inches wide. It's not very wide. Okay. All right. Well, let me ask you this. Have you ever sat down on a park bench? Yeah. Do they have center supports? No, but they're also bolted to the ground. Made of concrete. And steel. Yeah. How thick are these legs? They're not just like three-quarter uh, pine, right? No, no. So I'm using, uh, I had two boards of really, really old reclaimed white oak. And I forget where I even got it, but it's true two-by. So it's thick okay. stuff. So after planing it and everything, getting it um, square, it's probably at like an inch and five eighths. Um, and the top might be a little thicker. It's probably closer to like an inch and three quarters on the top. Mm. Okay. So it's pretty thick. So my through tenons are going through quite a ways. And then what I did, it's not just the tenons. I did a little shoulder around the base too that's going to sit flush up against the bottom. Yep. So, I mean, well, yeah, that's a three tenon, so you knew that. But, right. Um, and I dry fit them, and I probably shouldn't have hammered them all the way in because they were really tight, and I almost killed myself getting them apart. But in the dry fit, I mean, they're in there. Okay. Yeah. There's no movement at all. I I don't, I think once those are glued and wedged and white oak, I, I don't think it's going to be a problem, to be honest. Um, yeah. I, but if it is, you can always pocket screw a stretcher in there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of. Uh, uh -oh. Nick style. The, the coffee table? Well, wait, oh, that yeah. was my first question. We'll come back to the coffee yep. table in a second. Yep. So that was my first question, is if you yep. thought it would be okay without a brace. Because I'm looking at it and I'm like, I think it'll be okay. I've just always normally put a stretcher in there. Yeah, right. for I would safe too. measure. Yeah. But the, the issue... The, the issue here is I only had these two boards of white oak. One's the bench top. The other one I cut into pieces to make the legs, and I don't have a long enough piece left over to make a stretcher. Oh. Well, here's... You'll find out in the YouTube comments because everybody will let you know. Right. Everybody's a structural a engineer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, then my other thought was I could... Because I have some little chunks, right? In between my two through tenons... There's like a gap of about four inches in between the two tenons. I thought I could half lap in a little piece running perpendicular to the actual leg. So it sticks out a little bit on each side. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So it's kind of like a brace running with the bench top going in the opposite direction that was like seated down, half lapped in there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it wouldn't be a full stretcher all the way across, but it would like brace the bench more. Mm. What if you just did like a 45 degree brace on each leg on the insides? Yeah, I could do that too. I mean, I'd have to hook it in with. You could do dominoes. Like a, yeah, I'm trying to avoid dominoes for this one for the YouTube mm. video. But. Then just do pocket holes. <laughs> Just yeah. CA glue. CA glue. <laughs> Everybody's got That's right. uh, blue tape and CA glue. Who doesn't have some yeah, star bond? Perfect. Well, here's my second question, okay? Leading up to all this, it's question number two. I've never in my life, this is the first time today I realized, I've never cut a through tenon into anything and wedged mm. it in there. Into anything? Yeah. 
anything. I've cut like a mortise and tenon, just like traditional, you know, into a mortise, but I've never cut it yep. all the way through before. Yeah. So my question is to cut out the mortise all the way through. Yep. It was about oh, maybe like an inch and a quarter by two inches long. So they're pretty big. How would you cut that through a piece of inch and three quarter white oak? What would so, be your method? So for something like this, layout is critical because mm -hmm. you need to start, you need to go halfway through on one side and halfway through on the other side. And the top side is your show face. So that's got to look perfect. So you can't come up through the bottom and come all the way through. So what I would do is lay out everything perfectly, double check it on the just, top and bottom. Just so you know, I've already done it. I'm just asking this question okay. to see how, yeah. just see how wrong I did. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I would use a drill press from the top and use a force and a bit to kind of rough everything out and then chisel my way close to the line through the top okay. halfway and then from the bottom. Okay, so I was almost there. I thought about coming in from the top and the bottom, and then because I was she trying to no. well, because I was trying to rush this to get this video done, I was like, "Well, I mean, you got the shoulder on that bottom brace piece all the way around." So I did come in from the top, thinking that's going to be my show side. So yeah. I like traced out my pieces. I used an exacto knife to get right along the edge, and like score them. And then I drilled with a Forsner bit from the top, but I went all the way through. Yeah. Just no, from yeah, the I would top. Have done, yeah, I would have gone all the way through from the top with the drill, with the uh, Forsner. Yeah. yeah. But then the chisel work, like trying to go through an inch and three quarters all the way down from the top of the chisel, that thing's going to, you're never going to get straight up. And even with a paring block, it's going to be difficult. That's why well, I used use. Well, I used a paring block. Um, and then I just like went really like I just took off little chunks at a time. Yeah. And what I did yeah. was I clamped the the inch and three quarter piece to my bench top on top of another piece of wood so it was tight against there so it wouldn't get any blowout on the backside. Perfect. Um and I will say putting it in dry fit the wrong way from the top instead of from the bottom, <laughs> and then looking at the back, it's definitely not perfect where it's going to be seated on the bottom. There's a little bit of a gap. I obviously angled a little bit in some spots. Yeah. But that is also going to be completely covered up. Yep. Yeah, you're, and it's you'll never super see that. tight. Super I mean, that's why you have the shoulder, the right? The shoulder's going to cover the gap. Yeah, yeah. And the wedge is going to open that okay. puppy up. Okay. I just wanted to see how wrong I was doing. Uh, I don't this. know if my way was right, but that's just the way I've done it. Yeah. Well, because I thought of a lot of different ways to do this. At first, I was like, well, what if I make a template out of plywood and then I could basically use a router to get like all my sides and then all I'd have to do is chisel out the corners, you know, just a little bit. And I was going to make the template in a way that it could like hook onto the top and then you could drop it down and hook it on the bottom so it'd be seated in the exact same spot. So I could do that on both sides. And then finally, I was like, I think I'm just overthinking this. I'm just going to drill some holes through it and start chiseling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I've done that method too on a, on a trestle table I built. So the bottom stretcher is a through mortise and tenon um, that goes all the way through like the X legs on the end. So to get through that, uh, it's exactly what I did. I made a template with a square basically and then used a, uh, a flush trim bit. You know, I hollowed, hollowed out the majority of it and then used a flush trim bit to give me nice, perfectly perpendicular yeah. walls. And then well, I mentioned before we started recording that, yeah, I was really wanting a, a bottom-mounted flush tall trim one, right? bit. Yeah, yeah. tall right, one right, with the right. bearing on the bottom because um, that's what I was going to use it for. But then I didn't have one. I was trying to think of another way to do it. Maybe just use the shank instead of a bearing. But I was like, no. I just didn't have, the, I didn't have the right bit, and I didn't want to risk really screwing it up. So, so you went old school. Yeah. I went old school. But I'm right. definitely going to preface this video with, this is not uh. an instructional video. <laughs> I do. <laughs> right. I've never done this before. I'm trying to just figure this out. Uh, it would be really like funny that. if I told everyone how to do it when I'd never done it before. But yeah, you should. You should just say this is how you do it. Yeah. You've done it once. You're an expert. Oh sure, sure. Yeah. <clears throat> I was pretty happy with my fit, like on the top side that you're actually going to see. It's pretty darn tight. I mean, 
because I've, I mean, I've inlaid stuff before, so I've done that before. It's basically the same thing. I've just never gone all the way through, so I didn't know what the protocol was. And I thought about coming in from the other side, like you mentioned, and that probably would have been the right idea, but I didn't. I didn't. Do now it. let me ask you this, because what I've done on wedge mortise and tenons, and I kind of think you're supposed to, is since you're wedging that, um, it's forcing the two pieces outward. And mm -hmm. when they try to go outward and those walls are 90 degrees, it doesn't want to go anywhere. Like it, they're normally those walls are at like a three degree angle to take into account the fact that that wedge is going to drive that tenon outwards. Mm. I think three degrees, but I mean, if you're in there tight, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's a hard, fast. No, that's a good, that's yeah, a good I don't know. thought. Well, because I was thinking about that because I've, like I said, I've never put a wedge in a tendon before. So I was like, well, it's going to be really tight at the top. But then I was thinking, but yeah, is it going to be loose at the bottom? No. So Just floating in there. That, that makes me, makes me think about my <sighs> hatchet that I made. And I, I didn't account for any kind of degree with, you know, how my handle was going to go up through the head of the hatchet. Mm -hmm. And I still wedged it, and it's still tight yeah. as, yeah. you know, I, I I don't know what a good simile is for tight, but it's <laughs> tight it's as a freaking drum. drum. <laughs> right. That is a snare drum? Yeah, there you as go. A clam digger. We'll go with that. That's that's age appropriate and family Yeah, I mean, I guess friendly. when you look inside the, the inside of a hatchet, it's just straight all the way up. It's right. not angled, so. But if, uh, like, but the very first video I did on YouTube was a, a cherry step stool where I did through, mortise and ten, through wedge mortise and tenons, and I remember that's what I did um, because I read it somewhere. <laughs> it wasn't because I came up with it myself. <laughs> in Mad Magazine. Um, and that is still together in my, mm. in, the, uh, in the office. I don't know how many years ago that was. That was like but three. it's on a much smaller scale, and it had a center support. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Wait, so Jason, did you do like one through mortise or did you no, do like- No, there's two. Okay. So imagine that each leg is just like a two by eight, basically. I mean, it's a little wider than eight. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Nine and a half, whatever. And then I cut the mortises on the table saw completely. And so there's two of them. They're like, yeah- Two inches wide. They're set in from the edge of the board about, I don't know, inch and a quarter. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And then my other question was, do I put one wedge in or do I put two wedges in? I put two. And the other thing that I did was at the bottom of the slot where the wedge is going to go, I um, used a drill bit to cut out a little bit of a hole there so that way when that wedge gets driven in and opens up that tenon, it doesn't split. So it basically prevents it from, that the wood from splitting as it as it carries, the force carries down through the bottom of the tenon. Hmm. Go watch, go watch my video, Jason. You'll okay. see it all there. Yeah, the cherry step stool. Very first one. I will write down your voiceover and then I'll just read it when I do my voiceover. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do a voiceover then. That's when I was just putting oh, words. I was just putting it. words on the screen. Can I copy paste <laughs> this? Or? Yeah, I'll send you the video. I'll send you the iMovie file. Command C, Command V. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean, this whole design was completely born out of how much wood I had to work with, and I just didn't have very much. So I didn't even have enough that I could have built like a frame underneath to attach to the top. I mean, this was really the only way I could come up with to. To do this bench with how little of wood I had, so well, we'll see. I'm looking forward to seeing how you did the, all all of these things. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of. I was thinking, is this going to be the boringest video ever? Because it's just a bench made out of three pieces of wood. <laughs> well, that's You'll what make the, it exciting. Literally, <laughs> but <laughs> like before, I cut my legs. Um, cause they were just going to be long ring tegetals. Before I cut my legs, I cut like double the length of the leg. And then I found the center of that board and I cut out a circle and then I cut it in half. So at the bottom of each leg, there's like a half circle. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. And then the leg boards were way wonky and they wouldn't fit on my joiner. So I had to make a little sled so I could send them through the planer to get them flat. So, I mean, there's other stuff in there that hopefully will be helpful. So you, you made the eight minute mid roll ad. 
It'll be 35 minutes by the time <laughs> right. I'm done. I forgot. I forgot. Real time. I totally forgot the bourbon moth way is 20 plus minutes on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've completely 30. given up on trying to keep time down. It's, it is what it is at this point. I don't even care. So that's great. What have you guys been working on? Nick? Uh, I, I, oh, yeah. Tell us about the coffee table. What happened? Well, okay. Yeah. So the coffee table came back. I picked it up a couple. Well, it's been, I guess, about two <laughs> weeks ago. I picked it up, brought it back, and it sat in the shop for a couple of days. And I happened to have one board that was the exact same size as the aprons that I put on it previously. Hmm. So it was ready for the stretchers. Well, I guess, well. I guess they were stretchers to start that I that I needed to make aprons for. Which which are the long pieces on a table? Stretchers? Listen, or the aprons. Top? I don't know. Everyone calls them both. Right. Like, I, stretchers, aprons. They always get interchanged. I don't know what's what. I, no, the aprons go right up against the top of the tabletop. Stretchers go down below and stretch between two open. Okay, pieces. so I needed to make stretchers. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes. Because it already had an apron on it. Right. Yeah. Right, yes. right, right. But like when you're saying, when people are saying aprons up top and there's no nothing down below, there's no stretchers below, I, I call them stretchers. Or, like if you have two aprons on the long sides of your table, what, you know, the, there's stretchers that go in between the aprons to connect yeah. them. Yes. Like a ladder. Yes. But I don't know. That's what, anyway. okay. So I needed, I needed two stretchers. Okay. <laughs> you must have been really, really hurt. Right. <laughs> I called like a, a Navy lens. yard arm. Yeah. yeah. I called nine one one and had two gurneys sent. <laughs> two stretchers. Um but yeah, no, I had one board that was sitting over on my uh C and C just probably for like well, since I finished the coffee table, because I milled up extra, it was the perfect size. I cut it up, made two stretchers and I pocket hold them in and said, "We're done." <laughs> <laughs> Redelivered, right? Yeah. All right. I, I, After I, our long visible? brainstorming, all of session, that brainstorm, we were well, trying to think of all the best ways listen, to do this. We came up with all the great solutions. You just pocket hold them. I took the. And he realized I, how much work it would be. I took the top off and I measured. I couldn't get a palm router That's what in he said. for. Right. Yeah. I couldn't get a palm <laughs> router in for. For a dado that I could do like a, a slide in stretcher, I, that wouldn't work. I tried to actually fit my domino in, it wouldn't fit. So I was like, I, unless I cut apart these two stretchers that were already on the base, I'm, I'm kind of stuck. So I was like, it's for my folks. So you didn't put a shelf on there? No, I did not. That was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> they they came back and said, you know what? We don't want a shelf because we don't want to put stuff on the bottom shelf of this coffee table. We love how it looks the way it is with only the top. So, you know, I, I kind of steered them in the, the right direction of don't load this thing up with crap. Don't put all of your stupid you know, magazines that you're not going to read underneath that I'll have to try and figure out how to support because it'll make the bottom shelf bow. Just make it look good wherever it's sitting with the top and it'll be great. And they were like, yeah, mm. we don't want a bottom you shelf. You can always so, put a stack of magazines just sitting on the floor under the coffee table. Just underneath the coffee table? Yeah. Like most so hoarders? coffee table, but you can't use it as a coffee table. Like a normal person would use it to function. Well, it's for coffee only. Coffee only. Literally. I mean, literally. Coffee yeah, only. it says it says it in the title. <laughs> That's the weight class. It's of a it. coffee table. <laughs> yes, it's not a magazine table. It's a coffee mm. table. Don't put your feet on it. Don't yeah. sit on it. Don't dance on it. I know, I know your parents have these wild parties. <laughs> right. That's why I have. That's why I have a <laughs> closet full of lampshades. <laughs> But no, no. Place your coffee. No. On a coaster. No, in in fact, table. the last time I was over at my folks before I took it home and fixed it, they they had it, you know, where we put it originally, and my kids were over there, and they were they kept coming up and like leaning on it, and I was like, "Get off the freaking table! <laughs> Don't touch it! Don't touch it!" 
You're going to loosen the pocket screws. <laughs> well, no, I had the pocket <laughs> screw to get, but I kept saying, I'm like, don't touch this freaking table. Don't touch it. Don't touch this table. So I remember the first piece of furniture I ever built was a dining room table for me and my wife. We just bought the house we're in now, and I built this dining room table. And then I don't know why, looking back now, I was an idiot, but I built the dining room table. And at the exact same time, not even like after the dining room table was done, while I was building the dining room table, I also wanted to build a set of six chairs to go with it. Really? Keep in mind, this is the first thing I ever built. I didn't know anything. And so I designed these chairs. I think I built them out of CVG fur because it was like nicer, but it wasn't a hardwood. But I thought like it was the nicest thing I could afford. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now CVG fur is almost more expensive than hardwood. But back then it was a little cheaper. Mm -hmm. And so I built these chairs, just got them done. And a friend of ours... He's a really good friend, but he um, is a very large gentleman. <laughs> he uh, is probably pushing <laughs> 350, 400 pounds. I mean, he's a he's a big guy. Yeah. Um, it was like the day after I finished it, I realized we were having them over for dinner, which we did quite often. And this thought just went through my head like, I built these chairs. <laughs> he's going to sit in them. What? What's going to happen? I just thought for sure that they were just going to snap. <laughs> I had visions of them like snapping and like a sharp piece of wood like stabbing through his leg as he went down. And <laughs> I didn't know he was going to bleed out right there in the dining room. But they didn't collapse. Really? No. Yeah, well, they passed the test. They passed the test. So where are they now? So I had posted pictures of that table on Instagram and then a few years later somebody was looking way back in my Instagram and they saw that table and what it was was I went to Habitat for Humanity and they had this scrap wood pile and I bought all their scrap wood and it was mostly three quarter material so I planed it all down so it was like even and I basically did a butcher block table it was a butcher block but all the ends were just the original whatever that wood looked like so some of it was painted some of it was stained some of it was raw and then I did a poly over the whole thing. So it's kind of a cool table. It looked, it was just kind of crazy. Mm. Anyway, mm. somebody saw the table on my Instagram. They're like, I want you to build another one of these for me. And it was such a pain in the ass to build. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'll just sell you this one. You can have it. <laughs> right. And so I sold it to him. I only charged him like, I don't know, $700 or something because it was the first table I built. And I, <laughs> there were definitely some mistakes in it. But then they wanted the chairs too, which is fine because the chairs kind of matched the table. And so they took the chairs. As far as I know, they still have all the chairs and the table. Oh, Amazing. that's great. That's great. Yeah. But So back to the coffee Keith. table though. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. It's fixed. The racking okay. is completely fixed. It's with pocket holes. Right. It's solid. Yeah. You you that's the funny thing, though. Like, if you don't look underneath it, you have no idea that it was pocket hold. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because yeah. it looks great on the outside. Everything looks good. I uh, I went with the option of, you know, I kind of went back and forth. Like, do I put these aprons on? Because the legs are at a 15-degree splay. Like, do I yeah. put the aprons at a 15-degree and then chop the tops off so the top will sit, you know, flat on top of the base? Uh, and I was like, ah, I don't know if I should do that. That'll take extra time. That'll make me actually measure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I should do that. It'll take more work. Right. Oh, God. I'm already over my head with this thing. Yeah. <laughs> the shipping cost. Right. Shipping. Yeah. Delivery. <laughs> yeah. Rubio. All of that you stuff. You just got to yeah. think WWKD. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what would Keith do? Uh, well, Keith would make a prototype, and then oh yeah, and then make you, three times. You know, you should have done that on your CNC. I should have. I really should have. You could have cut yeah. out all the parts right on your CNC. I I really should have. I don't For know what I was up. thinking. WWKD. <laughs> stop making those signs and make furniture. Right. I need to stop making my stupid signs. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Well, I opted to go no de no degree, and I just set it back like I don't know what it is like maybe a four a quarter four of an millimeters. Inch. How many four four millimeters? Yeah, 
What sure. is it? What's, right. what's that in imperial? Like a quarter of an inch? Something like that. It's like a half half a meter. Half, half a yeah. meter. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or one tenth of a meter. Uh, right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I thought that was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's because we have no idea what actually oh, yeah, meters are. Because we're... Ignorant, right? That's we're way so more accurate than the metric conversion would have been. <laughs> oh, that's about half a meter. Oh, that's yeah. about a half a meter. I got no idea, but I set it back so that it would be straight up, you know, flush with the top, and it looks great. I mean, it doesn't look. Did you like, post a picture of this? Um, I posted a reel, yeah, I did. think, or maybe a story oh. or something like that. But yeah, I did post something with the finished product at my folks' house, and it looks great. It didn't look any different to me. That's the that's the greatest part. It didn't look any different. I mean, you were like, the coffee table's fixed. And I was like, wait, I got to go look at a picture of the original. Right? It doesn't look a lick different. That's what I loved time. about I it. It didn't look different. It just, if you hadn't. It just worked, right? <laughs> right. It just didn't rack anymore. <laughs> that, was, that was the biggest thing. Perfect. Right. It just Perfect. didn't collapse and kill somebody. Right. Your kids okay. could lean on it from here on out. <laughs> No, I mean that was that was the the really the biggest thing about fixing it is I didn't want to change the design of it. I just wanted to make sure that it was going to be more sturdy than yeah. what it was when I first put it in their house and you know mission accomplished. So well, I'm happy with you, that. Man. Yeah, all all good. Job well done. So what's next up on oh. the on the docket? Well, I need to finish up. Um, I started milling the rest of the course on white oak to match that coffee table. I'm going to make them two side tables to go on either side of the coffee That's right. table. I remember yeah. Yeah. That. So I, I need to finish that last weekend. I, I got sidetracked and uh, my, my son and I made a hammer for him. And um, also I mounted my hatchet on a skateboard that I mounted in my office. And I, I, I don't know why I didn't want to make like any video or post any, anything about that stuff. Well, I, I posted about my, my son's hammer because that was kind of funny. He he yeah. was like, he was dead set on me making this hammer out of that old hatchet handle that I made <laughs> my, my uh, skateboard uh, hatchet from. He was like, Dad, we have got to make a hammer out of this. I was like, why? <laughs> this is the this is the kid that you said just right now is breaking everything. Yes, this is, is the my one that set the house on fire. This is my son that almost burned my house and down and, and is you breaking thought it was everything. A great idea to make him his own hammer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So just double checking the facts here. Yeah. Well, I took that into account with what we did. Yeah, I I made sure we weren't going to do anything stupid with this. Dad of the year nominee. You know it. Yeah, no, I I took this this hatchet hammer hammer. Um, well, it was the it was the handle from the old hatchet that Hardcore sent me, and I chopped off the top that was all jagged from where I just had to just mangle it to get the old head off, <laughs> and then I half lapped the top, and then just made another half lap on a little piece of quarter sawn oak, and just glued and screwed it together. So there's basically like a, a a wooden mallet. Sounds about on par for... Yeah. I mean, that's what I do, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I use Craig screws on it. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Okay. Right. But he loved it. He was like, this is the best thing since sliced bread. And that's all he eats is sliced bread, by the way. But Dude, sliced bread is a scam. I would much what, rather have a giant a dinner roll or just take a big old bite Me of too. it. Me too. A dinner oh, roll? I am so... I'm the same way. I... Hate making sandwiches on bread. What? <laughs> Give me a dinner roll or a croissant, and I will be fine. But no bread, no. Yeah, dude, I love sourdough. Sourdough bread. Is well, the see, best. sourdough's different because yeah, that's more like and it's a class of its own. It's like it's an artisan loaf of bread. <laughs> artisan. Like it's got it's a artisanal. different <laughs> artisanal bread. No, it's He's got right. like it's got like a rind on it versus yes. like traditional okay. crust. It's it's different. If you like give me a baguette chewy. or a big piece of French bread, that's fine too. I just hate like sliced like white bread or wheat <laughs> bread. I'm just not a fan. It's too spongy and 
Did let me ask you this then? Did you have Wonder Bread when you were a kid? No, no. KJ, you know we it had was av- it was available, but we didn't. have I it. grew up in the nineties, oh. <laughs> and that's when bread makers were all the rage. Remember those things? Oh yeah, they, when they were like super popular. My parents got on the bread maker train real hard. You can make your and own it was bread. My, it was my dad mm-hmm. actually, and he'd put it in that like a little looked like an upside down toaster or microwave and. I don't have. To. Anyways, you pour the stuff in, and you set it, and forget it, and then the loaf would come out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was yeah. pretty good. But that was the bread that we always had. Mm. So you made your own sandwiches with your own bread. Well, I didn't make the bread. My dad made the bread. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> he he just took the loaf, cut it in half long ways, and then that was his sandwich. <laughs> but that was hard because it wasn't <laughs> fresh. It wasn't pre-sliced, <laughs> yeah, so all my was. slices looked like wedges. <laughs> Because I, I couldn't cut a straight you slice to straight save up my Yeah, life. you need to go back yeah. to the J. Katz Moses way of how to saw. Yeah, you, right. You need the domino, little uh, domino tool. I mean, domino. The dovetail. Dovetail. That's right. Guide. Magnetic dovetail guide. You need a jig. Cut those slices. Yeah, jig. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Called a bread slice. I slicer. have some of those. He sent me a couple of those magnetic, the like clear, I don't know what yep. that is, like kryptonite, whatever they're made out of. Did that come with your, right. your whiskey? It's made out of no, epoxy. No, he sent this to me a while ago, but I don't even know how to use a dovetail jig. Have you ever seen a dovetail? I've seen a dovetail. All right. I don't know. On I, a well, dove I, or okay. in wood? I know how to use the jig. <laughs> Scratch that. I know how it works. I should say I've never wanted to actually use a dovetail jig. Ah, there's the There you go. There's the truth. All right. Anne actually gave me a crash course on dovetails when I went and visited her. One time. And so I know how, I know the concept. (laughs) (laughs) I just kind of like being a woodworker that has never done that. I feel like every woodworker has done it and I just never want to. I know, I finally did. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't. And KJ still cuts pins first. Maybe. What's that? Which one's the pin? I don't don't remember. (laughs) What is that weird? What is that, like a movie reel or, I don't know, what What are you working on, Keith? What is that weird round thing? Yeah, what is this thing? Where? Weird round thing? Yeah. I don't know, is it a table? It looks like something some, that, like... Some kind of form. Came off of a satellite or I don't know. It looks like, it looks like Spudnik. The white uh, concrete table? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know you were doing more concrete stuff. Well, I I wasn't I've, I had a bag left over from the last project, and I had this idea for a little side table with kind of a modern base, and then to pour concrete for the top. And then uh, probably a month ago, when I was over at my buddy Mike's uh, shop from Veteran Woodco, where he fixed the juice groove on the end grain cutting board I destroyed, <laughs> um, he's got this eight foot four by eight uh, CNC, and he use he makes a ton of these signs for like retired law enforcement and government uh, military people, and they're out of this stuff called HDU, high-density urethane. So he carves them up on the CNC, and they're, like, completely impervious to water. You know, they're waterproof. You put them outside. And I was like, you know, I wonder if that would work to pour, to make a form for a concrete pour, because this table, I wanted it to have a lip around the outside edge, just to have a little uh, shape I was going to ask it. how you got the lip on there. No. So in my mind, I was originally like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll make a so regular So he made you melon. a jello mold. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> okay. I was going to use like a melamine and then put another piece of melamine on top of it with a round over on it, which would give me that lip. But then I was like, oh, then I have exposed particle board where the melamine isn't. If I wax it, is it going to release... I was like, "Hey, I'll give this stuff a try." So he had some he had some um, scraps laying around. Which, by the way, this stuff is like inch and a half thick. A four by eight sheet is like four hundred and fifty dollars. Whoa! It's no joke. Um, so I, I went over there with a plan, kind of. Originally, I was like, "Yeah, fourteen inches," and then we we cut a prototype. And I was like, "That <laughs> is course. way too small. That's like a." Side table of a side table. That's like a nest. Cut like table a hundred and fifty dollar prototype. <laughs> 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 well, he had another scrap that he'd already cut into for the prototype. Um, and then I was like, you know what? Let's make it sixteen inches. So we redid the program, and so the outside channel, which ends up being the lip, was cut with a cove bit, and then the uh, flat bit, and I think we needed three bits. But yeah, so within an hour and a half, we had a prototype, and also cut it, and out, and I was out of there. Um, so I waxed it and poured the concrete, and it 
And, but the bizarre thing is, it came out of the form no problem. It just took a little bit because it was almost like it was vacuum sealed in there. Oh, like uh, yeah. A little suction. But compared to the last two that I did, which were like very, very? <laughs> very. Very, very glossy coming out of the mold. Like they had a nice sheen to them, like a semi-gloss sheen. This was very dull. Um, almost like, I don't know, the other ones seemed like they almost had a coating, like the, mm-hmm. the concrete had kind of settled. I wonder and, like, if glazed. it's the difference in material with that. That's what stuff I wonder. Or yeah. did I, I may have put too much pigment in it and it dried it out a little more. Uh, maybe. Because I didn't use the whole bag. Oh. But anyway. And it was, it was, was white even, though, right? The white yeah. stuff? Okay, yeah. Yep. So what was even a little more odd was the flat part of the circle was perfectly smooth, not one air bubble, but the rim peppered. It looked like sourdough, <laughs> speaking <laughs> of, um, which I mm. kind of like because it gives it that more rust. I don't want to yeah. say rustic, but more industrial <laughs> look, I guess. You could say rustic. Um, That's not like a bad word. I know, I guess. Um, so Jason, when you applied that, what is it, the M35 um, sealer on mm-hmm. your concrete, right? So you put it on with like a roller. Yeah. But the problem with that stuff is like you think it's going to level out like when you use an HVLP where you get an Mm -hmm. orange peel, but it levels out. That stuff doesn't level out. So it's just you never get like a perfectly smooth surface. And since this was round, I had to use a foam brush. So I'm like brushing it, trying to get it around the corner. And it it looked like I didn't like all the brush marks. So Mm -hmm. I sanded it all off. And then I'm like, I wonder if I put this in the HVLP. Meanwhile, the back the batch I had mixed like forty five minutes earlier is a solid chunk in the cup. I'm like, if I do this, if I do this, I got to do it quick. So I said, screw it, I'm gonna do it. I sand it all off and I put it in the HVLP and I sprayed it. And it, the first coat went on. It kind of soaked it up a little bit, so I needed to put a second coat. But anytime I use my HVLP, I never clean that thing right away. I've left paint in there for weeks. As long as no air gets in there, yeah, it it can't dry up. So I left it in there, I don't know, maybe I guess four to eight hours, what, you know, whatever the recommended time to do a second coat, four to eight hours, not 48, four to eight <laughs> hours. And I came back and I, I turned the HVP on and I squeezed the trigger and, you know, I got a miss. I was like, all right, good. It didn't dry out. So I went around, I went across the top once, across in another direction, and all of a sudden it just gave out. Like, Uh-oh. I was like, oh boy, it must have dried up. But I got a nice even coat. So then I went in to wash out the the gun and this giant chunk just, I was like, I I couldn't get water to come through, you know, when you put it down through the nozzle and it comes out the bottom. It wasn't going through. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. And then all of a sudden this giant booger came (laughs) flying out of there. Um, (laughs) But I got just enough out of the gun to give me a nice, perfectly smooth coat or second coat on the top. So that I'm really better. happy to hear that you don't clean out your HVLP that <sighs> often. Cause I, I wait till n- the last minute. I never <laughs> do either. I mean, I, I clean it out. I just don't clean it out great. And I always feel kind of bad about it. But what I do is I just rinse the whole thing out with water. I shoot water through it a couple times and then I just store yeah. it with water in the container. Yeah. Hmm. So anything that's in there will just kind of start to yeah. soften. And that's anyway. literally all I do. I, very rarely break it down and completely clean it out unless it's been like a long time. Well, I mean, think about it. If you're spraying one day and you're going to do the second coat the next day, why clean it if it's going to be fine? I just leave it in until I'm done. See, that's a and good then... thought. Maybe I'm just going to stop cleaning it and in between just leave paint in there. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Which <laughs> um, which gun do you have? What Well, I have system? mine's an Irlex three-stage. That thing is eight years old like i need it i want to get a new fuji q5 but yeah that's what i have is the q5 it's not in the budget right now (laughs) yeah so i have the fuji semi pro 2 and it just for spraying latex it's just not oh it's not quite enough there yeah the three is enough the three i spray latex all the time you know i i I, uh, water it down a little bit but it it will atomize and spray. A four and five stage will obviously do it much better. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've got you know if you're just doing a clear coat, it, it's I mean right out of the can, you don't have to do anything with that stuff. It's great. No, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I have the Minimite four. I've sprayed oh, yeah, everything. That's amazing. But I it's I like half meter. I will say I break it down every single time I use it because 
I don't know how long it'll be in between the next time I use it. It's just yeah. one of those things where I'm like, I'm I'm just gonna break it down and totally clean it. When I just kept I'm... pushing the envelope to see how long I could, and I left it in two weeks the last time. Oh, fine. Two weeks. When I'm doing water based, all I do is I rinse out my hopper with water. I store some water in there, and I spray. I plug it back in, and I spray water a few times. I just pull the trigger a few times to get the water like throughout the whole thing. Oh yeah. And yeah. I do the exact same thing if I'm spraying varnish or whatever i just put lacquer thinner or whatever in there rinse yeah. it out and then spray it a couple times and then just store it with it in there right right and then when i use it again i dump out the water or the lacquer thinner and load it up and then i just spray it a couple times on a scrap piece or whatever and start spraying hmm. never had an issue oh you know what here here's a tip for everybody that's got a an hv is that a 1.5 millimeter or a two millimeter tip yeah because i like the 1.5 I use the one point eight. I guess. The, oh wait, the Fuji doesn't go. What are the Fuji? No, tip Fu- Fuji goes one point five. Oh, okay, they do. Yeah, they. I have the one point eight for my Fuji. You can use one point eight for latex. That's great. Yeah, that's what I use for latex. Yeah, one point five. I use one point five for like uh, lacquer or any kind of poly, something that mm-hmm. you might want to thin down. But I was going to say a good tip for anybody using HVLP or any kind of spray, really. Uh, Jim at Fuji Spray put me on this product from Clean Strip called Naked mm. Gun. And if you want your gun, <laughs> what? It's I mean, it's funny, <laughs> yeah. But that's what their product's called. It's legit, called Naked Gun. It's it's crazy. If your gun gets overspray on it and it looks kind of rough and you want to kind of you know, rejuvenate it and bring it back to new. Oh, mine needs a serious yeah, no, rejuvenation. Uh, let me tell you, get this aerosol spray from Clean Strip <laughs> called Naked Gun. Spray it on there. Let I'm it sit for a minute. this down. And wipe it down and your gun will be brand new again. But why? Why would I want that? That's like my badge of honor. No, it's not hurting because... my gun at all. It's not affecting it. It does it's affect it a little overalls. bit. Yeah. You know what? It keeps me from dropping it. It's like added grip. <laughs> it's like grip, grip tape. <laughs> it's grit. Yeah. The, dri- the trigger still pulls. Everything else functions. Why do I need to clean it off? Oh, I like I like all my stuff looking good and clean. Looking fresh. Yeah. Looking well, that dope. De- that depends on your definition of looking good. Well, does overspray <laughs> all over your nice what looks, gun What looks look better? Good? What looks better? What? A brand new leather jacket. Yeah, or a leather jacket that's like old and worn in. You can tell it's like seen some years, like Indiana Jones's jacket. Uh, but does Indiana See, Jones wipe his down after he got run over by the boulder? No, uh, it is he kind of dusted himself off. Yeah, he dusted bit. himself yeah. off. He might have like popped his collar and dusted it a little <laughs> bit. But. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, my gun. I, so I have two of the Fuji guns. I've got one top feed and one bottom feed. And they both mm. get really nasty, especially because, I, I mean, you guys know how much I love to make everything black. So when I spray black poly, all that black, that overspray will just eventually end up on the gun. And wow. if I don't clean it off, it it just looks yeah, bad. If you like everything black. Why yeah. don't you want a black gun? Oh, I would think mm, you would want a powder coated black know. gun. I know. Well, I mean, if it came <laughs> stock black, if I it think, came that way, yeah. <laughs> but it, it comes looking, you know, nice and good, chrome, chromey. Yeah. So yeah. I, I like it looking good. So here's a good little hack for anybody listening that that wants a painting hack that solves this entire problem. Okay, you go to any um, like <laughs> Chicago or Washington D.C. any natural, not natural, but like um, history museum, and you go into the historic section and you find like a a suit of armor, a knight with a sh- big shield. Okay, steal that when no one's looking. Take it. <laughs> steal, steal the shield. Hey. Yeah, put it in your car, drive home, and then you cut a hole in the middle of that shield the same size as the head of your sprayer, okay? <laughs> now you've got the perfect solution. You're not going to get any overspray on your gun. It's going to stay clean. You just poke it through that little hole, spray, 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 stand behind the shield. You're good to go. Okay. And if you want an easier route, you can just go to Walmart <laughs> buy a round, a round plastic sled and cut a hole in that. Yep. 
or why or not risk just, lifetime incarceration? Why That's not just like I'm envisioning like you know those bags you use to pick up dog poop. Oh you yeah, stick your hand in the bag and then you pick up the poop and then you turn the bag inside out, right? Why couldn't you just put like a bag on the front of your gun so you reach inside the bag and the bag comes up over your arm and covers the gun like and a sandblasting station? Genius! Like, yeah, why don't you just do that? An and then HBLP when you're done, you just peel the bag. Yeah, you just yeah. peel the bag <laughs> off your hand. Your gun is perfectly clean. You could probably you know even do it where you screw on your the head of your gun and hold the bag in place. I'm gonna pitch to go. that to Fuji. Mm. That's sure a they, genius right. product. They sign a NDA first. No. Yeah, like a rubber glove uh, for the gun. Right. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. I mean, you could use a recycled. A grocery bag and it would yeah, work totally fun. Right, but that's not going to make us money. No. Huh. But it will make bag. a viral Facebook video. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's all about. That's the truth. <laughs> that is the truth. Uh, Shoot. Wow, did we really just yammer on for an hour already? Has I it been an so. hour already? I don't even remember it what has. we talked about. Nothing. Nothing of importance Ooh. anyways. Guess not. <laughs> Well, that's right on par. With What's um? So you finished this concrete. What's next, Keith? Yeah. Well, the video for this uh, comes out Saturday. Um, you know, I don't quite. Actually, um, this week I helped my buddy Kevin over at Fine Point Cabinetry. He um, he's been doing it. He's starting on a kitchen installation, so I helped him unload all the cabinets. So next week I might be helping him install the cabinets of this new. It's this new house. It's pretty modern. It's like on top of a hill that overlooks a lake. It's like unbelievable location. Um, so he's got, it's like a mother daughter. So there's a regular kitchen and then like a small, what do they call those? Not a utility kitchen. I don't know. Express <laughs> a, kitchen. A galley? Something. So there's yeah, like, wait, it's a mother daughter. So like the daughter has one kitchen and the mother has like, one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mother daughter kitchen. Separate sides of the house. <laughs> oh, that's funny. What about a father son kitchen? It's so bizarre that's to me. A father son grill setup. Uh, <laughs> really? So if uh, if if I'm doing that, I'll be doing that next week, and then I need to start. Uh, I have this um, kind of mud room renovation where I gotta like take down some walls and rip out an existing mud room. At, so is this at your place? Finalized plans. My sisters. Oh, okay. Mm. So it's you know it's a and I, I don't think that wall's load bearing. I mean, I'll know when I think <laughs> you don't think so. <laughs> you don't think so. Uh, I did that in our house. I wanted to take out a wall. I had no clue if it was load bearing, and I was like, eh, I'm just going for it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not. There's nothing. It's been fine. Uh, the Nothing's way that the way down. the joists go, it's not. That's so. amazing. Well, see, I told um, myself that. I was like, the way the joists go, this is not a load-bearing wall. And then I got the wall out, and when I got the wall out, it exposed, like, you know, where the wall was. I could see up through the drywall, and I was like, huh, that's not the way the joists... I thought the joists <laughs> went the other oh, way. Oh, they went differently. <laughs> Upstairs, they went the other way. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I may have to phone a friend when I get that thing open, but that's usually the the way to tell is if you, if you're, if you cut a two-by-four and it, the pressure pinches the blade right then there's weight oh, coming down slow that's just a, a simple way you know a quick way it's not the way <laughs> right. the way but. i do it is i take a sledgehammer <laughs> i hit that bottom plate as hard as i can and then run and see what happens right just stand back yeah yep mm -hmm. the old hit <laughs> okay. and run we did that yep. in college that's great <laughs> i can tell you so we'll about see the actual hit and run that I was a part of, but we'll save that for the after show. Yeah, we will. Oh, all right. Yeah, let's do um, it. I guess I'll go over there. Which, are we? if you want to go to the after show, you got to sign up on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash shop sounds podcast. Every level tier gets access to the after show. So go do that and we'll see mm -hmm. you. We'll see you over there. Yeah. And we want to say yeah. thanks to all bits right. and bits for sponsoring this episode. As always, uh -huh. go over to bits and bits.com. Right. And use Morsels 15 to get 15% off your order. Yeah. And pre-order a domino joiner. <laughs> yeah. Right. Pre-order it. <laughs> I think June 24th is when they're due. Is, the ship. It's that long? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. 
Yeah. Get it together, yeah, Germany. It's crazy. We want to match I mean, the Damodos genre. <laughs> but the thing is, by, by June, there's going to the standard uh, festival price increase. Oh, yeah. Another yeah. one will be already uh, so instated. For so. sure, get it pre-ordered before the, <laughs> the lock price in that goes price. up. Yeah. yeah. Do it. I might buy a third. <laughs> oh yeah, why not? Just at the lower price. At the Bring lower the price. <laughs> before the price goes up. Maybe I buy it's a third Domino it. Joiner and I can Let's sell it. it back to bits and bits and get my CNC back. <laughs> <laughs> but what? <laughs> oh, man. All right. We're going to the after show. We'll see you, uh, we'll see you there. All right. We'll see you all uh, in the after show. A, can I catch a ride with you guys or... Well, yeah, I yeah. gotta stop and room? get some Is beer, but I'll be there in a second. Yeah. Okay. All right. See you. Oh, okay. I love you.